This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Welcome to season two of Shrink Chicks. Season two, we're so excited. <laughs> it's very funny because um, at the end of last session, last session, at the end of last session, at the end of last season was actually us just saying on next week's episode because we didn't realize it was going to be the end of the season. So, hey, welcome back. Welcome to season Wait. two. So in our last, it, I, was it our last episode or our last one where last we were friend. in my kitchen or I was in my kitchen yes. and there was a beeping noise? <laughs> so we keep getting messages about this. I sincerely apologize. It's my alarm system. And so I was like, okay, I should probably- batteries? So I, I'm not really sure. I think it needed to be set up. Okay. And so I was like, okay, I should probably do something about this. Like it's time. I kind of got used to the beeping, you know, yes, you just get yeah. used to, to experiencing that. So I was like, I should do something about this. My husband wasn't home at the time. Of course, I love to be independent. And so I was like, all right, I'll set this up. So I started just pressing buttons because of course that's the way you do it, right? You just press random buttons until something happens. So I press random buttons. Finally, the beeping stops. I was like, yes, I did it. I am so independent. I feel so good about myself. I am the strongest woman. I am the strongest woman. I can handle anything. And then I, I opened the door to take my dog out and a beeping goes off like a beeping. Like I, oh, I set the alarm. (laughs) No clue what I said it to, didn't know what was happening. You know and then password is. No clue what the password is. And then it started going off. Wait, is this the like, Nest system or the Ring system? Which did you end up buying? No, it's it's like an old one that was in the house we oh, moved in. Um, you're in trouble, girlfriend. No way you're figuring I, it so out. I was in tr- so I was yes, in trouble. Theory, so- did you happen to try the code 6969? I tried. <laughs> nothing happened. Typically my go-to. Isn't that great? So then the loud noise started going off, like <laughs> so loud. I was like, the neighbors can hear someone thinks that we're breaking in. And so I just ripped the system <laughs> out of the wall. I cut the cords, still didn't stop going off. Then I had to rip the noisemaker out of the wall. So pretty much I made two. <laughs> this is literally, wait, what a good representation of anxiety. <laughs> right. And like, let me just root everything. A perfect, I was like, this noise needs to go off. I'm so overstimulated right now. You're like, someone's going to hear, someone's going to know what's happening. Neighbors are going to judge. I I must destroy it. (laughs) I must kill it. So I just cut it out of the wall, which I think, you know, 
<laughs> is is avoidant of the situation and that is my segue wow into our episode topic. you're welcome because oh we God. had to have some sort of segue didn't we so today's episode is on attachment um uh yeah listen there's a ton to say i want to start by saying this attachment's a hot topic right now a lot of people are into attachments a lot of like internet quizzes on attachment a lot of books <laughs> you can read on attachment we dig attachment I want to talk about it saying, all the time. I want to start by saying, though, it's not everything. So if you're listening to this and you are reading too much into it, maybe turn it off. Like you don't have to like if your anxiety is taking over hearing about this shit, you don't have to listen to it. So I will just say we want to be careful of anything that's like too like just like popular, which I which I'll say, actually, I think insta therapists right now are obsessed with trauma and not attachment. Like insta therapists right. are all about trauma right now. Well, everything trauma it's not true I I think it kind of applies to everything we talk about is that like when we talk about one specific thing sure. nothing is ever just one specific yeah. thing you we're know just, we're and just so, bringing up a topic to, to think about right know? just That's it's it. just something to think about use yeah. it as a lens but it doesn't have to be everything because you are a whole human being with so many different experiences um and so we're gonna start by talking a little bit about the history of attachment and what it means and where it started and we'll go through that quickly because history is important but it can tend to be boring it's, okay but let's talk about it. but i like the monkeys man i like the gorillas i like bulby's work all right so the 1930s this dude john bulby once again another white dude we know we get it we hear what you're saying okay so this dude is like i think that this is a thing i think like we're gonna th- he he was uh treating like a what they called at the time emotionally disturbed children um I, I don't think that's exactly the criteria we would currently describe um but ED is still like it's called ED emotionally disturbed is still a diagnosis you can get we realize that's pathologizing also also erectile dysfunction so don't not to get confused with ED (laughs) is also ED is also something or eating disorder right so there's so so many right okay so so this guy is like hey I think that like emotional connection might matter even more than food and so the way they set this shit up is they get like they let a monkey or a gorilla or something like this ape go and they have one is two fake mamas and they have one who is just like steel like is like nothing no fur no cumber whatever steel but it has food with it and then the other one was like a fuzzy fluffy one and time and time again these baby monks we're going to the one without food, saying that literally human connection was more important than food. Listen, I do not think someone who was starving would agree with that. <laughs> right. right. Like, really want food? Clearly, they weren't starving. Yeah. But, so but what I took from this experiment was time and time and again, children want connection and they want secure attachment from their caregivers. And basically what Bowlby's theory or what Bowlby kind of brought uh, to attention was that we're all biologically pre-programmed to form attachments with human beings, right? Like we are social beings. And so a lot of the history, we're going to talk about babies and how they attach to their primary caregivers. But as we go into this, we're going to say that's not the only thing that forms attachment, but in this earlier work, that's kind of what they were talking about. And so- Mary Ainsworth was another researcher who expanded on Bowlby's theory and applied it to an experiment called the strange situation okay, test. Okay, wait. Jen, you know about me, the strange situation, right? We talked about this. I don't know if we've talked no. about it. In undergrad, when I was oh my at God, Penn I'm so excited. State, so Penn State's like a big research school as well. I was the stranger for the strange situation. That is what I did. I did every for like my last like four semesters. I got three credits a semester for showing up to these strange situations and doing this. Did you know this? I had no idea. This is very exciting. Wait, okay. So, so so you would be the person. So okay. So I was on this research. Okay. So I I worked in this research called Project Siesta, which was about um 
children's sleep patterns and attachments. So it was this longi- uh, longitudinal study. So they had followed kids from three months to like three years. And they set up cameras and watched them at night and watched their sleep patterns. And then they also tested their attachment. And so the way they tested their attachment was they would go into a room with a two-way mirror um, uh, with their moms. And I would already be sitting in this room. So imagine it's like a waiting room setup. <laughs> Okay, and so what would happen is you go in, and at the one-minute mark, mom makes some comment to me. Like, like not that they were friends, but there was some contact that mom would make with me. I would say something back, as if you're in a waiting room, and you're like, how's the weather, or how long have you been waiting, or something, right? Okay, and then mom leaves. So this is in a two-way mirror, and it's me and this kid in this room. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, which is funny now because I, like, have a child and I, like, love children. But, like, at the time, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Okay. Also, how old were you? You were, like, 20, right? 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, so mom leaves and it's just, like, me and this kid. And what they're watching is not only how child reacts when mom's not there, but specifically, they're looking for how child reacted when mom walked back in the room. And that's how they gauged attachment, right? So, so how yeah. I, I'm just I'm just curious, what was it like for you when mom wasn't there and the kids were freaking out? <laughs> I mean, there was one that was like <laughs> so intense. I wonder if I'm allowed to talk about this, whatever. So identifying information. Um, yeah. but like, okay, there was one that was like literally so intense that like this kid is like flipping out, like, hitting its head on the wall. So I like <gasps> I'm like looking at this two-way mirror, like, is anyone gonna do anything? So I go and I pick this kid up because I'm like, oh, it's gonna hurt itself. Yes. And it like, I mean, I almost dropped it. Like there's video footage that they then used in Penn State's psych department to like demonstrate no. like what is like completely insecure attachment. Oh and it's God. just me looking at a two-way mirror like oh did they did they train you at all to yes do- oh no it was a full train oh it was like a it was like a good. very oh, good, serious good, good, thing good. like I had like very specific places I had to stand very specific things I had to do based on the child's reaction like it was like this whole thing I had to do I can't oh, believe so, I've never talked about this before so if they said to you if a child's banging its head against the wall you have to pick it up so that it doesn't continue to <laughs> oh, hurt no itself no one had told me that I just did that because yes. I was like because no one was coming out of no one was coming back in the door so I was like I should do something I think (laughs) like I would assume I don't know if I messed up the experiment I'm sure not trying to get involved but okay anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner the planning the shopping the prep figuring out the timing (laughs) it's a little heavy to carry huh same that's why I am so grateful for hungry root The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience 
convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. So basically... (laughs) All right. So, okay. So the way they tested attachment actually had nothing to do with what they did in the room with just me. It was based on what happened when mom walked back in the room. And I keep saying mom um, because in the project I was in, it was only moms who did this, um, but it would just be the caregiver. I don't know right. if it was just a thing or whatever. Okay. So if the, if the child was securely attached, then they would be like happy when the mother returns. Right. So they would seek comfort for the caregiver. So basically they'd go up and give mom a hug. Right. If there was insecure attachment, um, they would ignore mom when they walked back in, mm. like be like pissed at mom, right? So yeah. like not happy to see them. Like my cat, my cat, my cat does that to me. <laughs> Just like your taters. Like taters. if I, yeah, he is fucking pissed. I don't <laughs> if know I if leave him for is, too long. I don't know if cats are insecurely attached or just narcissists. I mean, hard to say, hard to say. but uh, yeah. I think it depends on the cat. Every yeah. cat is different. Okay. Sorry. So then there's like insecure. Um, so then there's like, um, um so like insecure ambivalent would be like they're like simply not like like this baby was like screaming 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 and even when mom came back in even when mom was holding him singing talking to him baby still could not be comforted right so that's like insecure and then like there's disorganized where there's absolutely no attaching behavior so like the baby would like be like dazed or apprehensive in the presence of their caregiver and like sometimes that would be like an indicator of like there is like possible like um, like childhood emotional neglect which we could do an entire episode totally just on and maybe time. we will that's yeah, that would be actually a great thing so okay so this is what we're talking about in children um there's also a great video where they talk about this even more where uh sue johnson who's the creator of emotionally focused family therapy and then some other guy i can't remember his name who does Buzz greenberg i'm gonna um yes i'm gonna we sh- we'll put it on the um instagram yeah, perfect. So, like, all these videos and all this information we're to put on Instagram because this is a lot to go through. Okay. So, this is, like, what we're talking about, like, in kids. Now, a lot of you might be thinking, oh, fuck, man, I got had a fucked up childhood. I don't know. This might not be good. <laughs> Listen, you, your attachment style can change. Everything in life can change. Also, if you... Also, if you're thinking, oh, I feel like I had a pretty secure attachment, you know, to my parents, why am I so insecurely attached in my romantic relationships or my friendships? There are so many other things, other relationships that contribute to your attachment style, but the earlier work is really just talking about it in children to their parents. And so what we want to get into, because we think it applies to whoever's listening to this more, because we're assuming that children aren't necessarily listening to this podcast, I would hope, is that... um, this very much applies to your adult relationships. And so we're going to talk about it mostly in romantic relationships, yeah. but it applies to friendships. Mm-hmm. It applies to- never, there's a lot of criticism to this. It's like kind of what we're saying, right? So the criticism right. here is that it's simply, this whole theory is too simple. That it ignores the temperament and the social class of the child's family and it ignores their right. cultural setting. So once again, what a surprise. Um, <laughs> the theory of everything is based on privileged white people. That I'll and of course. <laughs> so, so once again what is right and and there are always and this is kind of what we said at the beginning there's always going to be criticisms to everything that yeah. we bring up it's just a lens to view your relationships through and we've gotten so many questions about attachment and we have recommended the book attached so many times by amir levine um and so so i think what we can get into is that the 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 attachment styles in children don't um, directly connect to the attachment styles in yeah. adulthood, but they're very similar, right? So um, insecure attachment styles in adulthood 
you are generally warm and loving and enjoy closeness and intimacy without worrying too much about the status of your relationship. Um, and you're also able to open up to, yeah, you're pretty chill and you feel very trusting of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you're able to open up to your partners about what's on their mind. Um, or when your significant other is struggling, you're able to offer support and understanding and they don't play games in their relationship and they're able to directly communicate. (laughs) So here's the thing. Okay. Here is like my problem with this. Listen, I heard you're saying, but like (laughs) our generation is doing app-based dating. Isn't everything a game? Well, I, I, well, Yes. And I wonder too, how much that contributes to people's attachment styles, right? So like, even if you felt securely attached in your family of origin, if you're, if you're on an app and over and over again, you're getting ghosted, or even if you Mm -hmm. started to form a secure bond with someone and then you get ghosted, which is probably more harming that, that of course your attachment style is going to start to shift. Right. Because how could you not start to be anxious about that? Mm -hmm. Right. And so insecurely attached individuals, like ideally it would be like, okay, that's not about me. That's about them. And like, maybe it's not a good fit and I will continue to look and I will be open. That is really hard to do. (laughs) Like that is so hard to do when you're being hurt over and over and over again. But sure. in our generation, that is consistently happening. So once again, take a lot of these things with a grain of salt. I think we can't c- confirm this, but I'm pretty sure there's research coming out or people are doing research yes. on so new what has come previously out. Yep. come out that like there's a significant amount of people who are secure and we think, and that people are more so leaning towards insecure, um, anxious or insecure avoidant attachments that, that more than more previously expected <laughs> that like less people are secure. And maybe it is a generational thing too. Yeah, maybe so there's just more research on like, it. So basically, 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 I was like, just kidding. None of you are securely attached. <laughs> Get over yourself. Right. Right. Which is like, bomb, kind bomb. Of, validating in yeah, a I mean, way, I right? And like less pathologizing because low bar. To be to- low bar, exactly, which is like ideal. And so to be able to say, cause when they're like, oh, most people are securely attached and you're like, oh shit, like I'm not, like I'm pretty avoided in my relationships. <laughs> or I'm pretty anxious in my relationships, you know, like it's, it can be pathologizing. And so as we're talking about this, we're not trying to pathologize anyone that these are just experiences that have led to our um, emotions and relationships or how we react to our emotions in our relationships. And so um, in insecure, anxious individuals in their, in their relationships, so similarly to securely attached, those with ang- anxious attachment also enjoy being close and intimate with their partner, but they're hypersensitive to the smallest changes in their partner's mood or behavior and have a tendency to take these fluctuations personally. And so I'm sure as I'm talking about this, everyone, a lot of people are I mean, that was me my entire 20s. It's exactly. Same. <laughs> Right? Like, I, like, truly feel like me in college was, like, I have said this before, unhinged. <laughs> like. <laughs> okay, because also in college, you're drinking a lot. And, yeah, your hormones are also raging. And that eating disorder. <laughs> right. That right. probably like played so into many, it. So many different things. Exactly. So, it, so, but would you say you have the same insecure anxious attachment right now in your relationship oh my gosh no right very 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 securely attached to my relationship right exactly so so this is just a segue or a a kind of precursor to us saying yes it can change but as we talk about insecurely attached a lot of you might be thinking oh yeah that's me but just because it's you right now doesn't mean that that can't change and also it might be you in maybe the current relationship that you're in or maybe in the dating world or um, in the current situation that you're in, that might be what's coming up for you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so like, yes. so here's remember. So like, okay. So we talked about this book attached for. It's really good. Um, I think it's it talks about this all in a very good, non pathologizing way. Um, it's easy to understand. Some of the books we recommend are like you know on the academic side. This is like a good one in between. Okay, and so, there's a lot of quizzes. You can take quizzes and, yes for your attachment style, and you can also take a quiz for your partner's attachment style. Yeah, which is interesting because then you're kind of assuming, but yeah, well, like you could do it with them. Yeah, you, you could do it with them. Which would I mean, be that would be a really great thing. Unless you're unless unless you have avoidant attachment, then you're probably not going to. 
chances are okay so according to living um it's it's not likely what's not likely to change from one partnership to the next is how sensitive we are to potential relationship threats or what he talks about is this radar system as he calls it right and however if the system isn't triggered in the first place our reactions to such threats will be less frequent and less intense and thus our behavior and attitudes can slowly shift um the best way to get there he really talks about is to enter into a relationship with someone who's already securely attached although we just talked about not that many people are so i like that's if you're dating if you're currently dating that's probably why you're struggling because it's hard to find someone who's securely attached but and we'll get into this with the questions when we get into the questions is that you can have you can be anxiously attached your partner can be avoidantly attached and you can work on it right so like you're not doomed if you don't have a securely secure a partner who's securely attached absolutely i mean all the time people are like oh like is it i can never be in a relationship right like i fuck up i can't do this and one that gives you too much credit <laughs> I mean, I have to say that, right? Like that it's like, no, (laughs) that we are not the only people in this world. We're not even the only people in our relationships. There is always multiple things at play here. So this fear that we have sometimes when we read these books or listen to this stuff is like, there's only one way to do it. Because if you talk to someone who only practices attachment theory and you don't fit into that, you're like, oh, I'm fucked right and that's simply not how it is there's so many different avenues and that's why there's and that's why we sort of want to bring to your guys attention all the different theories there are Right. And so this just being one of them. And so just want to mention the final attachment style, if you didn't fit into securely attached or anxiously attached in your relationships, that insecure avoidant attachment are people with an avoidant attachment style who value their independence over their romantic bonds and are reluctant to depend too much on their partner. Usually, <laughs> Tell me why you're laughing. Why am I laughing, Jen? Because it's me. Yeah, I knew it. I was waiting. I was waiting to see, like, at what point you were gonna you were gonna call me out. Wait, let me finish. Okay. They usually they usually feel uncomfortable with too much closeness in a relationship, emotional or physical, and may try to create distance in any number of ways by not responding to phone calls, texts, prioritizing work or hobbies over their partner, or fixating on their partner's flaws <laughs> instead of. Is there her good qualities? So I have to say, I did take the quiz. Yeah, what was it? It was a mixture of secure and avoidant, which is, does not surprise me at all. It's just so funny. I know. Okay. And, this but still, so oh, wait, but it's a really good conversation to have, I think, although Jen hates talking about herself on this show. Um, Listen, I've gotten used to, I'm getting used to it. And I chugged coffee today. Okay, I feel go- like if I drink more coffee, I am ready to go. I mean, by season <laughs> makes me two, le- get it together. It makes me, <laughs> it makes me less avoidant. Okay. So, but like, here's the thing we should talk about though, is that like, you're in a really happy marriage. Yes. And you've had yes, happy relationships before your marriage. Yes. And so actually, yeah, but I've also had a bunch of shitty ones, you know? Well, we won't talk about the one I'm thinking of. Right. It was one very bad one. Really bad. But like who, everyone needs one of those. Okay. So in that one that you and I are both thinking about your college relationship, what would you say your attachment style was there? Can I go back to like the infancy disorganized one? Yes. Right. Like abuse. (laughs) Like Jesus. Unhinged. I mean that that unhinged I that was a, unhinged. Yeah, that's that right. was on another that was on another level yeah. you know and but so I, you think back to who you were as a person at that time yes di- how do you feel about her a completely different person yes I you know I feel much more secure in my own skin and with who I am and could be a mixture of probably number one being in a healthy relationship number two being older more comfortable with myself and um really we're also going to grad school becoming a therapist is incredibly helpful too 
I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. But but yeah, I, I recognize myself and all of my past relationships feeling differently or having a different attachment style. Um, and so, and that's okay. And I think that a lot of people listening to this are probably going to relate to that, that there are times in which they have been very anxious, anxiously attached, um, being worried about whether the person's going to text them back, um, or respond to them or, um, and then being in another relationship where they feel much more secure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if, if you find, and I think this is a really important thing to talk about, if you find that you are in a relationship where you are very anxious and you're making excuses for that partner, right? Mm. Um, and if it's the beginning of the relationship, especially, right? Like when you are in a secure, like a committed relationship and you're working on it, like that might be some other things. But when you're forming a relationship and you're feeling very anxious about it, there might be a reason for that that isn't just you, mm. right? Like, is your partner providing you a secure base that would allow you to feel more secure in the relationship? And my guess is that they're not, right? Like they aren't responding to you. They aren't giving you signals that allow you to feel more secure in the relationship. And I think oftentimes people blame themselves. Like I need to just stop feeling so anxious. Like this is my problem. I am just, I am just a super anxious person and this is the reason. But if you find that there are certain situations, certain relationships that you are really anxious in, and then other ones where you feel very secure, then it speaks to the fact that, okay, maybe it's not just you, mm -hmm. right? Like maybe, maybe your partner is not giving you the secure base that you need to feel secure in the relationship. And I think that's really important because I think people tend to blame themselves. Well, I do. Well, I'm mean, like, we, I mean, we see it all the time in couples therapy where like a couple will come in and be like this person, this person, like putting it on one partner. And we're like, oh, it is. Oh, no. It is two to tango, my friend, right? Like, we got to look at both of you. 
all of us have a part in our system that we're in. And so things feel fucked up in your relationship. I want you to say, what's my part in it? Even if your part is just, I'm putting up with it, right? So like if you're someone who's like with a very secure partner, they might offer you more love and reassurance, right? So you're kind of less preoccupied with where you stand in the relationship. But if you have this avoidance style and you're with a secure partner, maybe they also allow you space and independence so you don't feel the need to push them away. Right. And so Sue Johnson talks a lot about her. She has based her whole theory. Um, which is the emotionally focused. Should, yeah. Right. EFT, emotionally focused couples therapy, family therapy, but we're going to talk about it in the sense of couples. She's based her whole theory based on attachment style in adult relationships. And so what she speaks to is the way in which your attachment style comes out in your cycle. So relationships are all about cycles. They're all about systems. The way in which you respond to your attachment insecurity is affecting the other person that will trigger their attachment insecurity and they will respond to it accordingly. And then you will get stuck in this cycle. And so what she talks about is the more that you understand how you're responding to your attachment insecurity and how it's affecting the relationship that you can, as opposed to turning away from your partner um, or reacting to your partner, that you can turn towards them with love and care and a more secure response to them, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you're both able to do that or change the way in which you're responding to your insecurity or the break in the relationship, you can create a more secure bond, but it takes time and it takes not blaming your partner and taking responsibility for your own style and the way in which you're responding to your own style right and and when when couples come into um couples therapy that it is so much easier for them to blame each other yeah. <laughs> well like, i mean like and to be fair that's like everything in life right like if i if like i'm driving shitty and then someone else is driving shitty i'm like look how shitty they're driving but like i'm a shitty <laughs> driver so like <laughs> In like we always want to put it on other people. That doesn't mean you're like so much bad. It's just yeah, it's just like human nature to be like fuck them. Yes, and you need, but you you do need both partners to take responsibility for their for their part in the relationship because if they don't, nothing will change. Right. So, so being able to say, what's my part in this? Right. So let's say you're you are um, avoidant. You have avoidant attachment. I'll just use that as, as an example, right? And and that's being something's being triggered for you. You're frustrated, and and the way in which you deal with the emotions that are coming up is you shut down, right? You shut down or say I don't need this, and you walk away. Um, that shutting down or turning inward is also a reaction. It's also a um, a reaction to your attachment style that is turning away from your partner. So instead of saying like, hey, you really hurt me and this was really hard for me, you're shutting down and you're not expressing your needs, which speaks, speaks to a more insecure, avoidant attachment style. And we'll think about in terms of if you say to yourself right now, am I an imploder or an exploder, right? So, so- Me and Emily, <laughs> as we've Emily- talked about. Emily is an exploder. Jen is an imploder, right? So (laughs) I will destroy what's around me. Jen will destroy yourself from the inside. But usually you can say, all right, so in my relationship, and this is like what our big thing is, is like, this is the importance of knowing yourself. Like, do I implode? Do I explode? Do I shut down? Do I react? Like, are you securely attached? And do you... We don't know who you are, but if you do that, we are impressed with you. (laughs) Yes. You are so beautiful. beautiful. Um, Okay. There are like so many questions. And here's the interesting part about the questions, though. They all basically say the same thing. Basically, it's how do I function in my relationship with my attachment style? Right? (laughs) Which is a really good question. Which is. It is. I mean, like, so many. I mean, there are so many questions. Like, We're not going to get through all of them. And a lot of them are the same theme here's the, the example of it right i'm anxiously attached my partner is avoidantly attached can we make this work how do we cope right across the board how so does the attachment style of- impact relationships uh, different attachment styles and relationships all this stuff i mean literally i can't tell every you single one so so let me let me just put this out there first the reason why we've gotten this question so many times like we have different attachment styles is that something we can make work because think about two people who would have avoidant attachment style it would, they just wouldn't talk to each other ever. Like it's just a relationship that would never be sustainable. Like, or well, I mean, if, and that's it, right? Like if my husband was like such an exploder, like I am, it would be exactly. like, 
it would probably not be a good relationship, right? <laughs> very bad. Exactly. And so, so, so it's, it's very typical that people with two different attachment styles being avoidant or anxious are connected because it's the only way a relationship can really function. Because if you have two avoidant or two anxious attachment, like it's just not going to work. You, well, you would break up. Yeah. I mean, it's like, this would end the relationship. like opposites attract. Yes, exactly. And so yeah. it can be a really positive thing that you have two very different ways of dealing with it. It's just about what we were talking about in the sense that you have to recognize the way in which you deal with your attachment style. Like if you feel rejected, for example, I feel like rejection is a really good one, right? So like, let's say you initiate sex and your partner rejects you. How do you react to that, mm-hmm. right? Do you shut down? Do you turn inward? And right, say, so well, I don't. Inward. Well, it's because I'm disgusting. They don't think I'm. Sad. They don't think I'm hot. Anymore. Right. Or, or I don't need this. Rela- right. Like I don't need this relationship. Like, I could. Right. I could get yeah. a vibrator. I don't need this relationship. Fuck that. Or, or, or see if I ever do this again. Right. So that I use. Right. It. It, yes. yes. Like, oh, like I'll never ever initiate sex again. Right. So, and so that's a good thing. So that's a good thing. If you initiate something sexual with your partner, and they say no, how do you respond? I want you to like everyone take a minute, get quiet with yourself, and be honest with yourself. That's going to tell you some shit. Okay, so here's like cross the board. Can you make it work? Yes. If you want to make yes. a relationship work, you can make a relationship work. I mean, sometimes you got to go to therapy. Sometimes you got to read a lot. Sometimes you got to work maybe harder than other people. But yes, if you truly feel it is that important, especially this comes up a lot for people, especially that have children together. They're like, we have kids together. We're really struggling, but we really want to make it work. So yes, you can. The better question here is how do we cope with it? So Jen, so let's come from like this EFT perspective a little bit more to talk mm-hmm. about this. So if you, so let's say your partner's avoidantly attached, you're anxiously attached, right? And we talked about how instead of blaming your partner for the way in which you're reacting, I want you to take responsibility for the way in which or reacting to your attachment style, right? So we could use, let's use the rejection in sex as an example, okay? So let's say your partner rejects you or they say, listen, I'm, I'm tired, I'm stressed, like I don't feel like having sex tonight. If you're anxiously attached, your re- notice your reaction to that rejection, right? So the feelings rejection, your reaction to it is based on your attachment style, right? So if you're anxiously attached and you get fucking pissed based on the rejection and you're like, well, you don't love me and I'm never doing this again. And, you know, you start bringing up other things in the relationship. So you're very much allowed to feel rejected. Like that's a hard thing to initiate sex. It's about sex is a very vulnerable thing and get shut down. And so when, so notice your reaction to that rejection, that it's not about not the feeling not coming up, recognizing the feeling and say, okay, how do I want to respond to this feeling as opposed to react to this feeling? So you might say like, Hey, you know, I feel rejected right now. Can you just hold me instead? Right. So instead of you blowing up and getting angry, you're turning towards your partner and you're, you're creating a more vulnerable experience. The reason why that is difficult when you're anxiously attached or avoidantly attached is that it's very vulnerable to do that. And your scope or your view is that your partner will not be able to be there for you consistently if you're vulnerable in those moments. And so you're creating an opportunity to be very vulnerable and be very open and have your partner be there for you in those moments. And that's when you're creating more of a secure attachment. If you are to react to your to, to that rejection and get pissed off, then your partner, who maybe is avoidantly attached in this example, shuts down, right? And so your partner has to be responsible for the way they shut down. Mm-hmm. And so if they shut down and turn away, then they're also not creating a, an opportunity to turn towards you and say like, hey, I understand you're really upset and I understand you're feeling rejected. Like, how can we turn towards each other? How can we still be there for each other in those moments? So and sometimes it's saying, I feel myself shutting down. Right. Right. Like sometimes, especially at the beginning of this work, we don't have the ability to be like, let's turn towards, you know what I mean? Like this is like more advanced, but if you can start with like, I can feel myself about to blow up or I can feel myself shutting down. If you can communicate it before it actually happens, there right there can change the whole dynamic. Absolutely. And that's what that's what Sue Johnson would call catching the bullet. 
Yes. So catching the bullet is like, instead of like, there's one moment in an interaction where it can either get better or get worse. And y'all know what moment that is. It's the moment I say the shit (laughs) that (laughs) it is the moment that I say the shit that like, once I say it, we're not going back to like, you know, this that we're having, it's like, oh, we're going for this. Right. And so in that moment, we can catch the bullet where I can say, hey, I can really see that you're getting upset. That was totally not my intention. And I actually feel myself shutting down. Can we like take a minute here and restart and regroup? Group? Right. And when someone does that, then it can ease the whole system. And so in that, once again, you're turning towards each other instead of pushing each other away. Because even in people who are anxiously attached, getting angry, you're still pushing your partner away through anger. You're still pushing them away. And so the goal is to uh, recognize what you're feeling first, right? Which takes a few moments. Sometimes it takes really thinking through before you're reacting and being able to say, okay, I'm going to choose to do something different in these moments. Yeah. Right. And so that's why it's helpful to know what your attachment style is or to know how you react to, to any sort of triggers that happen in the relationship because you can choose to do something different. Mm-hmm. And in taking responsibility as opposed to blaming, you are in control of the way in which you respond to it, as opposed to expecting your partner to respond differently, right? As, ex- as opposed to expecting your partner to not reject you in those moments. You're saying, okay, if they reject me, how am I going to respond to this? They can still make me feel close and attached to my partner. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'll always- I've Does that make often, sense? Yes, Absolutely. One of the things I often hear couples talk about is like someone will be like, well, why do I always have to be the bigger person? Like we become this like, like, why should I have to? And the thing I always tell my couples is it's not that why do I have to? It's you get to. You get to hold on to yourself and comfort your loved one, right? We have to reduce the entitlement we feel to not give a fuck about someone else. This Mm -hmm. thing that like, well, I'm really hurt. I don't give a shit if they are. And like a relationship is like choosing to care about someone while you're also in your own pain. Mm-hmm. It's choosing to say, I'm feeling really hurt. You're feeling really hurt. And still we love each other and we're moving forward here. So it's not about, I have to be the bigger person. It's I get the opportunity to love my partner as I love myself and model that slowing it down. And it's slowing it down is a really huge part of this. So oh, often nice. fights whether it's with friends, whether it's with coworkers, whether it's romantic relationships, they just fly off the goddamn handle. The train goes off the tracks. When we slow it down and say, how are you feeling? How am I feeling? What's happening in this moment? That's the catching of the bullet. And when we and catch the bullet, may- no one gets shot. <laughs> Except That's our hand. Except our hand, you know? Well, but guess, well- <laughs> metaphorically. You you have a bulletproof, you have a bulletproof glove on. Bulletproof. <laughs> But you know what, but it's true. But, and this is a very hard thing to do. You know, I know we're saying this, like, this is easy, but like, this is a hard thing to do. And so it's okay it if gets you need to, as, as you understand yes. it, as you practice it, it. Once you start implementing this, you can do it. Like that's what Absolutely. you have to remember. Absolutely. Like, skills are built. So it's not easy at first. And then it starts to be like, oh, this is a great way to diffuse this. And maybe, and maybe it takes you walking into the other room to yes. like give yourself a second to recoup. And that's like, okay. That's okay. Oh my if, that does not mean you're shutting down. As long as you're going back and, and you're taking the time in the other room to say, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to respond to my feelings in a different way? Right. And that's your control in the situation. You well, don't I- have control over how the other person responds. Yeah. You only have control over what you do. I mean, one of the things I always think about is like my daughter has a calming corner in our house because we don't do that we don't do like so nice because we don't do timeouts so we do a calming corner which is different which Um, is like great self-regulation emotional regulation exactly that's exactly what the point is what we do in her calming corner she has blankets and pillows and stuffed animals and she has her little feelings chart and stuff whatever but the thing i always think about is like if my daughter's allowed to have one i'm allowed to have one so like right so like when my daughter's getting upset and i let her feel it out and go to her calming corner and do whatever she gets welcomed back with open arms and that's one of the things we have to do in our relationships if our partner needs to take time I want you to think about how am I welcoming them back just like that strange situation we talked about do I ignore my partner do I hold it against them or do I say I'm so happy you're back and we can move forward here 
I think everyone should absolutely have a common corner. Maybe it's not a corner. Maybe it could be like a, I think everyone should create a common corner for themselves. Well, and it's right. And it's like about like sensory, right? So like, if I'm really feeling overactivated, what am I going to do to soothe myself? This is a bigger conversation about like, how do you build distress tolerance with yourself? Because it's really uncomfortable to sit in hard emotions and still we can do that and be okay. And you, that's also a skill you build up. And it also speaks to, I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's, it, it's important to, to repeat on this because, uh, the, the saying that says, don't go to bed angry, right? We, we, hate we often say that we hate <laughs> go that. Go the fuck to sleep. Go to bed because think about like how you, f- you feel horrible sometimes and you go to sleep and you wake up and you're in a completely different headspace. Yes. Like in while you're sleeping you're getting you're getting your rest you're recouping you're that's almost your calming corner but it's for like hopefully eight hours (laughs) (laughs) eight hours of calming is my favorite type of calming eight hours of calming exactly as long as you talk about it after right because if you never talk about it then it becomes avoidance then it becomes you're never tackling it but it's okay to give yourself the space to regulate your emotions. It's actually essential. And some people have an easier, and this is where we talked about temperament, how temperament is actually a part of this too, because some people have an easier time doing that than other people. Yeah. Right. And so, and it's also a learned skill to be able to do that. <laughs> you pointing? I'm like pointing <laughs> at herself. No one can see it. Me. Learned <laughs> skill. Everything's learned skills. Um, hey, and that's our episode for today. Here's the deal. Season two. First of all, we want to say thank you all for season one. Thank you for the past amazing. This today marks one year of string chicks. Oh my god, it is October eleventh, isn't it? Today is literally we're recording this today. This it comes is out, so before it comes symbolic. Out, it's like that. Today is exactly one year since we started this. Eighty thousand downloads since that Happy has happened. Anniversary. Happy anniversary, babe. I love you. <laughs> I love you. This has been a great, great journey. I got you nothing. Season two, we have amazing guests. We have lots of amazing content. We have once again, Jen and I exposing and embarrassing ourselves for all the (laughs) story of our lives now. Hey, after this episode, go online, figure out your attachment style, figure out your, um, you know, your parents, your whoever you're in relationships with. The relationship doesn't have to be romantic. Your best friends. Think about the stuff we're saying. Slow it down. Love and know yourself. Thanks for being here. Read the read the book Attach and also another hold book me recommendation. Hold me tight by Sue Johnson. Okay, and that'll all be a great book too. All the time, people message us and say like, "Hey, like I listened to your podcast while I'm driving. Um, can you put it like in the notes?" And we're gonna start updating all of our um, like the episode notes. But until then, Shrink Chicks on Instagram has all of this information, and you can also join our shrimp our Shrink Chicks Facebook group close Facebook Amazing. Group. Mm-hmm. and if you think this episode will help someone send it on over to them if you and if it's your partner <laughs> send it on over to them you have to listen to this uh, <laughs> we love you guys we'll be here next week love you find yourself Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes. I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.